Hello and welcome to another episode of DabVC. Today's guest is Alex. She is the founder of Binge With. She is building a rich audio experience for listening to your favourite content. Some of the current providers include Vault Lab and Voice Tech Podcast. And she's looking to expand her publishers to TechCrunch and Recode soon. Be sure to check it out. So, Alex, um, I'd like to for you to just tell me a little bit more about your entry into the world of startups and your new company, Binge With. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm Alex. I've uh, always had uh, an entrepreneurial background. So back in college, I would sell. Uh, notes to people that didn't show up to class in case they wanted to study for for exams on stuff that they didn't come to class for. So I've I've always had sort of side projects that I've done, and I knew for me it was a it was just a matter of time before I would I would take the leap and and do it full time. And the current company that I'm working on takes articles and blogs and turns them into audio with Texas Audio Technology. Um, and that helps smaller publishers match the prowess of the Bloomberg and Financial Times, which are um, already jumping on the bandwagon of audio because they've seen it increase not only customer engagement or reader engagement, but also retention. So people come back and uh, listen to additional um, articles. So that's what I'm building with Indrith. So I was wondering, having now used your product a few times, um, how did you get the idea? Because I know for myself, I've seen Financial Times um, create a podcast of one or two of their long articles once a week. And I always wish TechCrunch did the same thing. So did you have that same type of urge in terms of a pain point? And that's why you thought of creating Binge Whip. Yes. So it it started partly in college and partly uh, after I graduated. So I don't know what what you studied in in college, but I had a lot of papers to read for at least part of my degree for like the history and the political science courses I took. Definitely not not as many papers to read in math, but for the other ones, you had like more than 100 pages to read each week. And I always struggled to stay on top of that reading and really put time aside and just focus on that. So this was in part, uh, the, the product was partly built around that to sort of take any any text and read it out loud. Um, and then the other side was once, you know, I was, I was in uh, corporate uh, as a data scientist and I always wanted to stay up to speed on the latest and greatest ways that people are, are um, using new technology for, for doing new analyses. And they, I would always have tabs of like, I need to read this article to get up to speed on this. And I would always trust myself. And, you know, I added this yesterday, but I'm going to trust myself that it's important and someday I will, I will read it. And this helped me tackle uh, that aspect and stay up to speed on on things. Um, so that's how it got started. Brilliant. And in terms of binge with, so so when I've been on the product, I've I've just tried to look for is there any articles from Recode and just listen to every single article from Recode. So how yeah. is it in terms of getting publishers? Do you have to contact them individually, get permissions, or? So right now. The- that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked. So right now I'm taking the approach of a, um, attracting publishers and really going after small to medium sized publishers and getting them to um, not only provide us with content, but put a player on their webpage to allow readers that come to their site to play the audio. 
Um, so on Recode, on any given page, you'd have a, a small player that would allow you to listen to the, the article. This is the, the newer approach that I'm taking. When I originally started, I thought I would approach primarily consumers like myself that are interested in staying up to date on whatever content and they would, could use BingeWith sort of like a playlist. You'd have categories to you know, filter for a business or whatever, whatever topic you're interested in. And I thought that would be the, the main push, but sort of looking at it from this two sides, consumers and then publishers, understanding that publishers are the ones that are more strapped for money, the ones that are, are, are looking to increase their uh, user engagement and retention, they have the real need. Um, so starting with that side of the sort of market play scenario um, is what, what uh, delved me to looking for small, small publishers now. Yeah. So in a year or so, um, do you envision your primary consumer customer to be um, someone that's in the office, they've just got a, say, the New York Times open and they, they're just playing article after article? Or do you envision a product to be a mobile app or whereby people click on binge with and they just are using coming to binge with as the primary platform to get their contact? I think that's a that's a great question. I think both will be able to to uh, survive and and thrive um, as as a, as a complements of each other. So depending on the type of user that you'll be, if you are a power user of the New York Times, maybe the New York Times is your go-to place. If you're a power user of not just the New York Times but a plethora of uh, publications, then maybe the the best scenario for that user is to come to one platform that will have all that content together. Um, so we're we're trying to to play both right now, and uh, the the sort of grander vision of it would be to have uh, binge with as sort of like the think of it as like the radio of the internet. There's so much content that is published on the internet, and currently, when you want to listen to podcasts or even the radio, you're limited to the 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 most uh, pristine content because it takes so much, as, as you probably know, it takes so much time and effort to create a podcast, to edit, to you know, publish, add music, all this stuff, and only a very small amount of the content that is published on the internet ultimately makes it into a podcast. This way, you'd have access to the plethora of information that's already out there through BingeWith and through the through the affiliate sites that will have the BingeWith player live. Brilliant. And in terms of binge with, um, in terms of one day to consider getting any top of venture capital, um, the normal question is generally, what's going to be your competitive moat? So would I be right in, in assuming it would be the fact that you will be the first move, you will have the first move advantage to get to Financial Times, the New York Times, the Economist, or would it be something different in your mind? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the the competitive advantage is is interesting. Um, and to to be fair, like we are not, I'm not, I'm not the first first one to to think of like text to audio technology. Like text to audio technology is a is an is a is something that's been around for a while. If you search online for text to speech or like net, like readers, you'll find pages and pages of results. Um, so I don't think that will necessarily, like the technology itself is great. Um, and our offering in terms of how we attract publishers and how we help them understand their users and their interactions. I think that will, they'll be one of our polls. Um, I think uh, that the, the competition aspect is, is interesting. And one of the things that we learned through founder Jim from, from Haley Barna um, was that your comp your competition doesn't necessarily need to be 
um, something that differentiates you and in the sense of the product itself. Similar with Birchbox, they're putting samples in a box. Anyone can do that. If you're the first to raise, you know, $5 million in venture capital, that itself can be your moat. Uh, and sort of venture capital will will clamor around that. So that's that's the hypothesis now. We'll see where it goes. We're still very early on. We're still very early on. Absolutely. And and in terms of BingeWith, what type of monetization strategy would you possibly consider? Because for me, I I find that I spend more um subscriptions nowadays than my mobile contract. And when I saw your product, I just thought. I would definitely pay £10 a month for, for this because what I normally do on a daily basis is I go on a few publishers that I list to every day. Yeah. I save to pocket, save to pocket, save to pocket a bunch of articles and then I have to create a playlist and listen every single day. And I just thought mm-hmm. not have that point pain point every day, it would be worth mm-hmm. it. Or do you see the opposite side of it whereby you think one day if it's big enough, I would love to charge publishers and just keep it freemium freemium so it can just grow as big as possible yeah so that's an interesting point right now we're experimenting with a few monetization strategies um i think focusing on who has the pain point and who has the biggest like the burn the most burning pain point is the 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 part the entity that will pay um so i i don't have a a clear-cut answer um, and the reason why I'm, I'm thinking about it in a few different ways is on the one side, publishers are creating the content. Um, so you, you definitely need, need to be nice to them in order to, to get access to that content. Um, on the consumer side, they're creating the engagement which the publisher is craving and they need to, in order to survive. So you need to, to, to do a balance between, between the two of those. So right now we're, we're experimenting with a bunch of things. Um, I don't think I have enough data to, to point oh, to a, like a direct hypothesis of which way it will be. Uh, but yeah, we're <laughs> early on experimenting with a bunch of things. I'm interested, you know, because, uh, you know, as, a, as someone that uses Pocket and clearly knows a bit about, about um, this pain point, what, what other um, products or things that you have used um, in the space that you found interesting? I've used Instapaper. And that was my default for the last, I would say, three years. But when they were purchased by, I think, by Pinterest, if I, mm. they, it felt like they, they just had one developer in a closet and they just couldn't be bothered to develop for it anymore. For example, we've had a GDPR privacy law in Europe for the past, for the past six months. And the product just went offline for nine, for nine months. And it was just shocking because I had so many saved articles and it just, it just, you just oh, lose wow. the trust of the platform. Oh wow! And I'm, I'm not too familiar with Instapaper. Is that also a, like a freemium product? Yes. Yeah, so they've got a free option, but if you want to listen to it, similar to um, your product, you actually have to pay five pound a month. Yeah. Whereas Pockets offered Very it completely cool. free. Um, but my final question is, and it's unrelated to your current startup. And I saw that you worked at Google in the past. And my mm-hmm. cheeky question was, is it true that they have free t-shirts on a weekly basis that you can just take <laughs> out of the bin? I haven't heard that one. I haven't heard that one. Um, I don't know about, so the misconception that I hear a lot, even from my very close friends when I first joined Google is that we think that we're, we're all on like this one giant team. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but they're they're very teams. And I think the, the team I was on was primarily e-commerce based, which I, I you probably know it's like a very like a small margins kind of business. And we were we did not receive free T-shirts every day <laughs> or every week. Uh, there are snacks though in the kitchens. There's snacks. Brilliant. Um, you've kind of killed my vision of it being <laughs> Willy Wonka chocolate factory, but that's I think. Yeah, I, I would have loved it to be that as well. It's like one one giant stadium just filled with Googlers that are programming. That's uh, that at least that's what I thought before before going into it. But it's it's absolutely brilliant. The people that you meet are great, and I'm glad that you mentioned GDPR. That was the thing I was I was uh, working on right up until when I I left last year. So that's great.